Have you ever found yourself comparing yourself? Maybe it's to somebody who is at the same level as you, or worse, somebody who's been doing what you're doing but for longer. Finding yourself thinking, I wish I could be like them, I want to be better than them, and yet you seemingly always fall short. I'm Michelle Chikander and I just want to welcome you again to the Becoming the Influential Me podcast. Today I want to talk to you, continuing with the series, about a woman who failed to let her fears define her, her fears and her failures rather, (laughs) And, um, and yet she let comparison, in my humble opinion, get the better of her. And that is Maria Sharapova. She is a five-time Grand Slam winner. This woman is a force of nature, a beast. Have you ever found yourself thinking, oh, I, I, I wish I was an athlete? You don't. <laughs> um, reading her story, finding out about Maria, uh, you know, looking through her interviews and really getting to know her, I've kind of had a little glimpse from my sofa about how hard it is to be an athlete, what you have to be made of, the kind of mental strength it requires in order to succeed. So never again, ever, ever, ever envy somebody when you see them holding up a trophy. It is not a joke. Okay, so I chose this woman because I think she's formidable. Um, The fact that at 17, she won Wimbledon. And from there, she continued to ascend. And then at some point, she had a shoulder injury and was out of of winning any titles for a number of years. But she came back. People were saying things like it's all over for Sharapova because since she had her shoulder injury, she's never been able to play. And she talks about the journey of coming back from that and not letting her not letting that define her. Her worst nightmare was being a one time Grand Slam champion. She was determined not to let that be her, and she succeeded. So let's dive in. What is so incredible about this woman? Um, So Maria is Russian, and she came over to the United States with her father, and I wholeheartedly believe that sometimes when you take a chance, um, the universe works with you. And this story is an example of that. It was almost so unbelievable that you know, people would, would think that they were smugglers, that he, her father was a child trafficker, because the story just didn't seem real. Um, they've been, they were very lucky, and I won't go into the details of their journey, but it was a journey to America. Then she gets to play, and what I love about what Maria talks about uh, as, she, as she goes through her journey is this idea of routine, the boring stuff, principles, inputs, consistently doing the stuff that nobody wants to do, consistently. She talks about being with her coach and, you know, her coach was just throwing balls and she just had to hit and hit and hit. And then after that, she had to hit sideways. And then after that, she had to hit another sideways. The kind of stuff that would be mind-numbingly boring for you and me. And yet when we watch her and she's on stage, we think, oh, she, she, sorry, she's on the court. We think, wow, I just so she's so elegant. And she says you have to train twice as hard to look even half as natural. And I found that so, so interesting. The one thing that I live by in my own career is that I believe that hard work works. Um, and it's true. Every successful person I know has worked incredibly hard and has worked on the rainy days, has worked on the sunny days, has worked on the grey days, and has worked on the spring, you know, half sunny, half cloudy days. It doesn't matter. It's about being so committed to what you do that there's this hashtag no days off approach. So my first nugget from Maria that I absolutely loved is she said, train twice as hard as you play. And then 
when you're ha- when you're when you're in a, in a match, it's easier. You're actually almost having fun. It's a nice break. <laughs> and I thought this woman is a maniac, but it's so true. I've seen exec after exec um, having the privilege of seeing the behind the scenes, and you realise what goes into um, success, what goes into um, simple things. You know, what goes into, for example, showing up for this podcast is hours and hours of reading, hours and hours of work, hours and hours of talking to people in order to understand, A, what people want to know about, B, you know, uh, what's going on with these successful people so that I can share it. Uh, And also C, really understanding what's going on in my world and, you know, being at the pulse so that I can bring together 20 minutes of content. And, And this is really what Maria talks about. Anything that is worth having, it is worth putting in the hours for. And I loved that. Train harder than you play. I thought that was so um so useful and something that's sometimes lost on us um especially me sometimes i just want to come in and blag it but it's never as good do not blag let's practice people often say to me michelle you're such a great speaker you know you see you find it so easy um here she goes proving them wrong <laughs> my mind just went completely blank um you know you find it so easy to speak you're so easy to listen to and and what people don't necessarily see is the scripting the years and years of practicing the years and years of reading and 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 listening to books just so that i sound intelligent or half intelligent at least um and so this theory or this idea that hard work works or as maria puts it the idea that you have to work train twice as hard as you play is something that i live by and i wonder what your thoughts are on this do you train twice as hard as you play um and if you could change that what would you do i mean january is coming up we're all feeling the pressure to you know put in our 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 goals and the habits that we're going to have is your habit going to be training twice as hard as you play because i promise you if you do that you will have phenomenal results it works hard work works okay um the other thing i wanted to highlight from maria which i absolutely loved there's a lot i absolutely love about this woman is the ability to still the noise and to set the tone for yourself. Can you imagine? She said she was on a plane and um, the woman in front of her was reading a magazine which said it's all over for Sharapova. And then she went somewhere else, the supermarket and everywhere it just said Maria Sharapova is done, done. I think she'd played one match and lost it. Um, this, is, this is post-injury. And she'd lost. And to, to, to suddenly see your quote-unquote rise and fall everywhere in your early 20s for any human being would be um, soul-destroying. That's, you know, to, to, to have the self-esteem to come back from that um, is for most, most people unimaginable. We can't do it in private. Imagine going through that in public. Um, what I love about it is how she got out of that. Now, this is key. I think a lot of the times we overcomplicate things and we think that somebody's going to come and save us. Nobody's coming to save you, that's clear. Um, But one thing that we don't value as much, I feel, are inputs. And whenever I say inputs, people suddenly think I've got to do more hours. No, it's not that. It's inputs of the right things, being strategic about your career. Inputs may mean reading more books, connecting with more people. Um, reading may mean looking at trends. Where is your business, your career, your 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 particular team? What is the direction of travel, and how can you get ahead? That's the those are the kinds of inputs I'm talking about. For Maria, it was a case of hit. She said she got out of her funk by just 
hitting. She said you just hit and eventually something is going to break, right? And, and so this is what I think is interesting. When we look at our careers and when we look at our lives, what are our inputs? Because your inputs will determine your outputs. And your inputs will also save you a lot of um, time and more inputs, the hours, the, the long meetings, etc. if you play it right. But we do have to be willing to do the boring stuff, to do the stuff that seems like it's not going to pay off, like the reading, like the networking, like all of this stuff that you seem to not have time for. Going back to Stephen Covey, who says, you've got to sharpen the saw. This is the same principle. You know, rather than just hacking down the tree with a blunt saw, you've got to sharpen the saw. And this is what I loved. It's like, whenever things are tough, whenever you feel like you're not going to make it, just get your inputs right and the rest will work itself out. Loved it. Simple, but effective. Also, I got a note from somebody, I got an email from one of the ladies that are a part of my community. And the message was something along the lines of, Michelle, I've lost my job. Um, during lockdown, everybody else seems to be rising and I feel completely and totally stuck. Well, here is my response. Just as Maria said, and just as, you know, Stephen Covey said as well, just hit. Focus on what you can control. Focus on your inputs and really just keep moving because momentum is what is going to get you out. Momentum is what is going to help you um, get that goal. If that goal is the next job, Um, momentum is what you need. Whatever you do, keep moving. Moving means reading. Moving means trying to connect with people on LinkedIn. Moving means trying to, you know, ring up recruiters every day. Whatever you need to do, just do something every day. I feel like I say this all the time, but it's the truth. So that's my response to that lady that wrote to me. And um, if anybody else has any questions that, that are pressing that you'd like me to answer, do let me know. Okay. What else do I love about Maria? Well, it is her relationship with failure. Um, she says, when you're an athlete, you can't have a long memory. And this, this really struck a chord with me. Um, sometimes we fail or we experience setbacks. And 20 years later, you're still talking about that setback. And Maria is like, as an athlete, you have to have a short memory. What does this mean? So when an athlete doesn't win, what they have to do is they really have to dig deep into that failure. They've got to really lean into it. Why exactly did I fail? And that's painful and that's hard. And it's something that I do not find easy. Whenever I do something and it doesn't work, I tend to just wallow in self-pity and beat myself up for a little while. But what, what Maria says is lean into that fear, failure, sorry, lean into that failure and just really like dig deep into it and really understand not just what was the outcome, but what were the inputs that didn't quite lead to what we needed to lead, what we need to lead to. Um, and then once you've done that, she said, you've got to forget it. <laughs> so not only do you open up that wound, in my view, once you've opened up that wound, she's like, okay, now just wrap it up, wrap it up and let's act like we didn't see what was in there. Let's just take all the lessons and go. And I just thought, it's not easy being an athlete. But then she says, I never go into a match thinking I can't win. And I thought, this is what's been missing in my life. This is exactly it. Because I thought, yes, I embrace failure. And yes, I kind of think whenever you fail, you go on to the next thing. But the question is, when you go on to the next thing, what is your mindset? Is your mindset, oh, I just need to lick my wounds. It's going to be okay. Or is the mindset, I am going to crush it. 
no matter what, I'm going to fail. And I thought that's the difference between elite athletes and mere mortals like me, <laughs> is that the, the, the moment you experience a setback, yes, we can all do a lesson learned. But what's your mindset when you go into the next thing? And that's something that I thought, I, I really analysed in my own game, as it were. And then I realised, that's the missing piece. And that's what I'm going to change. So this, for me, was probably one of the biggest lessons from Maria. And, and I thought, um, yeah, this is going to be transformational for me in 2021. My mindset, when I come back off of, of a setback, this is not really failure, of a setback, my mindset, is it a half-hearted, I think I may win, or is it a... It, I'm just going to annihilate this. That was an interesting one for me. Okay, nugget number three. I'm going to get to what I love about Maria in a moment or what I find interesting about her. Nugget number three is she says, know your weaknesses simply because if you know your weaknesses, then you're able to pivot to your strengths. Love it. Cannot explain it better than that. If you know your weaknesses, it is so much easier for you to pivot to, towards your strengths. It is so much easier for you to figure out how to present. So, for example, I have always been open about the fact that my admin skills are not great. But my relationship skills, on the other hand, are almost second to none. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. I said second to none. Um no, my, my relationship skills, in all seriousness, are, are very strong. So what I do is I know my weaknesses, and so I over-leverage my relationships in order to counter that, that weakness, um, which sometimes means making friends with people who can do the admin for me, in a nutshell. Um, or making sure that as a business, wherever I'm working, we create shortcuts so that I don't necessarily have to do all of that. And I also make sure I usually over 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 perform on the relationship side that it that my lack of admin skills are less pronounced okay so now I want to talk about the thing that I introduced the show with and that is the idea of comparison so can you imagine being as successful as Maria Sharapova is and still your career is marked by somebody else now this struck me as I was reading Maria's book that in in the first first in the first chapter or the first two chapters there was already this idea of a rivalry with Serena Williams which I think is interesting but then as I go on I realize Serena Williams had a deep and profound impact on Maria Sharapova her game so I think they played something like 19 games and of those 19 Maria won two yet she still um talked very deeply and is, is quite emotional when she speaks about Serena when she talks about them like they had this great rivalry and that you know Maria um, heard Serena Williams cry and you know this great rivalry here's the problem with this great rivalry Maria sorry Serena had been playing for 10 years before Maria, Maria even came onto the scene and on top of that um, they just have a, a whole they're on two different levels I, I to, with respect, Serena is now on her 23rd Grand Slam, um, and Maria, now her career is over, finished on five. In my view, that is not a healthy, <laughs> that is not a healthy comparison, because you're constantly going to find yourself on the back foot. And this is what I found really interesting. She's writing a book about her life, and yet so much of it is now with Serena Williams, somebody who she's comparing herself with. And I thought after all your successes, you still need somebody else to, to put yourself next to. Ladies, gentlemen, if any are listening, understand that comparison is the thief of all joy. 
whilst I really enjoyed and reveled in, he- in reading and understanding Maria Sharapova as a person, what struck me was that there's something, there's a void. And unfortunately for, for her, Serena Williams filled that. In your life, please do not let comparison steal your joy. Why? Because you are the one that suffers. Serena Williams is still playing tennis to this very day and is probably going to win more Grand Slams. Maria Sharapova retired at the beginning of this year. And yet, the two have parallel lives. They have no reason to ever speak or to, to ever know each other. And they have no reason to, for their lives to even be, you know, a part of each other. Yet, Serena made such an impression. And I feel so bad for Maria because even though she didn't let her failures um, define her, she's let the career of another woman define her career. When she was speaking about it in the book, she said something along the lines of, um, Serena Williams basically marked the highs and lows of my career. And I thought that's really sad. So in every series, there's got to be a cautionary tale. There's got to be a, you know what, there are fierce women out there. And I've got great respect for Maria. But one thing that struck me as caution alert is sometimes when we go for success and we we need those people who will help stretch us because we can see what they've done and we want to do more than them. That's incredible. But let us not get sidetracked and start to make that comparison and that competition everything. Let's gain perspective and understand our own journeys and even learn to celebrate those other people and their careers and their successes. Because otherwise, comparison can overshadow your own accomplishments. Even if you're not comparing yourself to one person, even if you're comparing yourself to six different people in six different areas of your life, perspective is key. It's really important that um, we don't lean into to, to the temptation because it is so tempting to, to, to compare yourself with people who are doing things perfectly and who are amazing at everything. I have at least seven of those in my life that I look at and think, oh, I wish I could be like them. But forgetting that they've been in the journey longer than I have. They have very different challenges than I have had. They have overcome things that I wouldn't want to overcome. And they are experiencing success that, you know, is not necessarily for me. I have my own success and my own journey, and I must appreciate that. I have, um, you know, I, I've, I've over-egged the, the, the point here, but it's so important because I see so many people doing it. I see so many people looking at their own journey and thinking, I should be where she is. And in that time, they're losing energy that they could be using on their own lives and in their own careers. I found that interesting. And this is my cautionary tale for you. Please do not let comparison steal your joy. Focus on your inputs and what you can do and what you can deliver in your own journey. And this is a lesson for me as well, because it's something that I do every now and again. I won't tell you it's every day. (laughs) Okay. And then um, the final thing that I wanted to share about Maria that I, I, I found... Uh, really interesting is, of course, the doping scandal. Uh, she was accused of, of taking banned substance, and it turned out it's something like paracetamol in Russia. Everybody takes it, and she had a heart problem. That's why she was taking it, or something like that. I, I don't really want to go into the details of the rights and wrongs of it. What struck me was her determination. She was determined to clear her name. And once she did clear her name, she was determined to move forward with her career, not just for her but for those that will come after her. I talk about this because for every book that we have reviewed in this series, 
Helena Morrissey, Ariana Huffington, um, The Choice with Edith Eager, um, and, and every other book that I have looked at in, as part of this series and the question and answer section of it as well. Um, one thing that strikes me and one thing that I'm so proud of and one thing that I that fills me with joy is that every woman that is scaling mountains is looking down and trying to pass on what they learn as they scale these mountains. And it's the same for Maria because once she was cleared um, or once she'd done her time, um, she said, I want to keep playing because of the lessons that it will teach those that will come after me. Um, and the same thing with Helena. She was like, I've managed to um, succeed in my career, but what I want to do is to allow other people to experience and have the opportunities. Um, and I want to open, I want to pave the way for them. And that's why she started the 30% Club. Edith Eager, with the choice, same, very same thing. She wrote about her, her incredible life. And the reason she wrote it was because she said, I don't want people to look at it and say, um, oh, my life isn't so bad. My life isn't as bad as hers. But she wanted to, people to look at it and say, if she can do it, I can do it. Uh, Ariana Huffington, I cannot, ex the woman has demonstrated time and time again her commitment to raising up other women. Um, and so it is our honour and our privilege to be able to share in this information um, and to be able to learn these lessons. It's our responsibility to not, to not let these lessons go to waste, to make sure that we really grab a hold of them. As we try and scale up, let us not reinvent the wheel. It's all out there. These women are doing it. If you're doing something extraordinary and it's never been done before, kudos to you. And we look forward to, to reading and hearing about your tremendous success. Um, but if you are like us, who like me, me immortal, <laughs> trying to you know get higher and higher in in in, in a career, it's really important to absorb these lessons and to be grateful for those that are giving them. So that's another thing that even though I have my differences in view on certain aspects of Maria's way of doing things in her career, I am um, proud, I'm pleased, I'm privileged, I'm honoured to be a recipient of the gift that she's giving to the world. Which takes me to the next question. When you think of your life as a woman in her career, um, as somebody who's trying to work their way up, how much of your time are you dedicating to your legacy? How much time are you dedicating to knowing that even though you are going through the mundaneness of the day-to-day, -day, there is something bigger. There is a gift that you can share. There are lessons that you can give to others. And there is a story that is being created for the sake of something greater than you. What am I talking about? So one of the things that I've found is sometimes when I'm having a really hard day and nothing seems to be working, my saving grace, the, the thing that I lean on the most is the feeling that, Michelle, whatever you are doing, one day you will tell a story of how this moment, this day shaped the rest of your career and somebody else will gain inspiration and they will do something great in the world. And for me, that is what keeps me going. How how are you going to be a world shaper? How are you going to be the person that inspires the person that's going to change the world? If you're not the person that changes the world. I hope you are, because then I've done my job as well. <laughs> um, from strength to strength, as they say. I, I am so obsessed with this idea of, of, of giving. And I think we're starting to see a theme here, a trend. All of these women, what has really 
allow them to step out of failure and, and, and not let it define them is that gift, is that ability to give to others. So maybe, just maybe, we've got one part left of this series, but maybe, just maybe, we are reaching that point where we begin to understand that in order for us to not let our failures define us, we have to do it for the gift, you know, giving that gift to those that will come after us, whether it's our own children, other women that will come after us, or, or you know, you're thinking about something bigger, the entire world, male or female, um, that ability to think beyond this moment and to think beyond your current career and to think beyond your current circumstances and actually think about what's going on in the world at large is interesting. And it is certainly what's helped me to get myself out of several funks <laughs> lately. Um, so yeah, think about that. As I wrap this up, think about what gift you want to give to this world. It's almost Christmas. It's just that time for us to think about the gift. But how is your life a gift and how can you leave something for the world that makes somebody else's life easier, somebody else's life more exceptional, somebody else's path towards changing this world that little bit easier? It's so easy to get stuck in and, you know, to do our jobs and to forget the bigger picture. But I'm feeling inspired and I hope you do too as we go into the Christmas break season. Start thinking about some of these things. To start thinking, thinking about your legacy and, and, and how you can contribute to this incredible world. Because in the process, that is what will also pull you out of some of the failures, the fears and the negative moments. And that is it for this week. I'm so grateful that you joined me. I was looking at the number of people that listen to this podcast. And to be quite honest, I'm a little bit shocked. Um, thank you so much for consistently tuning in. And I am so grateful. And I love hearing from you and to hear your questions. And anytime you have anything that you know, you'd like to know from me and I can help in any way, please do let me know. I will do my best to respond. And with that, we are done for this week.